there's like a step ahead in this in that I am my target customer. I inherently know the issues. I know the motivations. I know what I'm looking for. And we still test and we still ask questions and we still validate and we do a ton of research, but like generally we're starting from a pretty solid assumption and I can kind of usually tell like this is going to hit. That's not going to hit. That doesn't resonate. You can't say it that way. That word is weird. Welcome to Vitasize, Caleb. Uh, really excited to have you. Um, we've met a couple of times now at some of these DTC events, I think in Austin, we were Twitter friends before we knew each other, as is often the case in this industry, but uh, <laughs> yeah, great to have you on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. Awesome. It's great to be here, Daniel. Excited to chat. Cool. Um, let's, let's kick it off uh, for anyone who doesn't know you. Um, give me your, give me a two minute career story. Um, where did it start and what are you up to now? I started in college. I was at um, pre-med doing nutrition science, did that for three years before I realized I didn't want to do that, switched to business. And that was around the time that Gary Vee was promoting like Facebook could be used for business. It's not just personal. And kind of jumped onto that, which led me into the startup space, which led me to running an event in the startup space in the Midwest that was a pretty, pretty um, big event. And then from there, kind of just kept getting involved in startups. I think early on, I, I recognized that like I didn't really want to climb a corporate ladder and kind of like typically I'm a bit of a rule breaker-ish, if you want to call me that. Or, you know, something about startups was very attractive and something about corporate was very not. And so I was like, I want to go down that road and end up working in after events, doing some marketing um, and then starting a couple of other small ventures, had a couple of small exits and then started Haven in 2016 i think we had the idea really started pursuing it around 2017 and kind of took off from there amazing and uh lo lots of haven on show good good product promotion yeah yeah we got it here if you are watching this that's it's all right there <laughs> <laughs> so also um what was the original motivation for starting the brand then um and just you know obviously from the background but for anyone who's listening, instead of watching this, it's a, it's a bag kind of utility company. What was the original motivation? Yeah. Um, so we say it's a organized bag for high performance athletes. And the original motivation was kind of like classic startup story. I was in the gym, um, just got there looking through my bags, trying to find my headphones. This was when I was going to a regular gym. Now I do CrossFit style um, workouts and I was looking for headphones in my bag and I couldn't find it. And it was a classic Nike duffel, two sides, um, pockets, one big interior pocket. And I couldn't find my headphones, dug around, emptied everything out literally in the gym. I remember it was at my college gym. I, um, flipped it over, shook it being like, where are they? I know they're in here. And I'm like getting worked up and I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, dad coming. Like, I just want to go work out and I need my music. And uh, I eventually pull out the bottom plastic piece to this duffel and there they were, they had like slipped under it. And that was like the moment where I was like, okay, we had kind of had some chats, me and my brother, who's now my co-founder about making a better bag. We we're like, ah, bags kind of suck. Yeah, they do. And then that was the moment where I was like, no, this, I don't know if I can swear. Can I swear? Yeah. <laughs> it's a free for all on this podcast. You can do whatever okay, the fuck great. you want. <laughs> Great. So like this fucking sucks. There has to be something better. And that's when we started talking, like, how do we make something better? Yeah. Amazing. We've all been there. Anybody who, anybody who's a gym going, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm into my fitness. 
I, I mainly do boxing. Um, there's a ton of stuff that you, your wraps, you got your gum shield, your headgear, your gloves, your boots, like, and it all just, for me, until, until I got one of, um, your bags, it all just got thrown into just, um, you know, like this, this one, one size duffel and it's like rummaging around. So, um, I like that though, but you know, a lot of brands start from a personal, a, a personal desire to have something better for themselves that then evolves into, into a brand. Yeah. And honestly, I think it's, I think it's a better, like, I know tons of founders who've started companies and just open opportunities and they're very successful, but like, there's the, there's like a step ahead in this, in that I am my target customer. I inherently know the issues. I know the motivations. I know what I'm looking for. And we still test and we still ask questions and we still validate and we do a ton of research, but like generally we're starting from a pretty solid assumption and I can kind of usually tell like, this is going to hit, that's not going to hit. That doesn't resonate. You can't say it that way. That word is weird. Yeah. That makes, that makes a ton of sense. It's a big part of like, you know, understanding your consumer and when you are that consumer, like you said, you can really get into that person's mindset. I'm sure that informs so much from just your marketing strategies to product development and everything else, which which uh, I'm, I'm keen to kind of ask you more about. Um, so you started 2017, um, you mentioned kind of like more more focused. What were the biggest challenges that you've had and how have those challenges changed from like early, early days to the challenges you're facing now? Yeah, um, man, what challenge have we not faced? Early days, um, so my background is, like I was saying, like marketing tech, uh, my brother is a physical therapist, and then we have a third co-founder, um, and his background is uh, product design, uh, digital. And we, me and him have actually built a, a, one of the startups that I was running and that we merged off. Um, he helped do all the branding and all the product design and, and all of that. And so going into physical product development, all of us knew absolutely nothing. Um, and I would say kind of like we were, we were blinded by like, you know, the power of the internet and shark tank and lean startup. And like, we can figure anything out. And, um, we did, but it was, it was long and painful. And we were looking through Alibaba and we were looking, uh, we had no idea what a tech pack was, which is basically the blueprints for how you build a physical product. And we just kept asking tons of questions and trying to meet anyone and everyone. And we were telling people like, Hey, we're trying to make this bag. We think that there's an opportunity and. Someone would be like, oh, I know someone who makes shoes and be like, cool. Can we talk with them? And then, uh, that was a, that was one of the early unlocks where we talked with literally a guy who makes shoes and was like, do you guys have a tech pack? And we're like, no, what's that? And he sent us one and we're like, oh, so we just need to make this and figuring out a lot of stuff like that. And then ultimately getting to, uh, a sample and then getting to a factory who would actually manufacture That was all like a three-year process of. Um, figuring out how to design it, talking to people, validating it, and then figuring out every little step we need and then finding connections to factories and then finding factories that actually take you serious. Like that part was for sure like a, an entire year of like, hey, will you work with us? Hey, will you make a sample? Hey, who do we talk to? And eventually we did find an unlock um, through a connection uh, at a event at a, a what's it called outdoor retailer, which is the world's largest outdoor expo in Denver. And we got to connect through peak design, which is a camera bag company to their factory in Vietnam. And that's how we ended up, um, finding our, our current factory. But that early days, like just not knowing what we were doing in, in terms of making a product and then figuring out how to get it made. That was for sure 
the hardest challenge. So now where it's, um, it feels a lot like focus and marketing is, is our biggest challenge right now. Like we have a great product. It's very validated. We have 6,000 happy customers marketing and then, and then money. Like if I had way more money, I would build a lot more products and I would sell them to a lot more people and I would do a lot more marketing. Easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Simple. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good point about the, you know, you have an idea, but if, unless you've done it before, those connections and knowing how to take that idea to a product that you're happy with and and like it's a long process and it's a really hard process especially if you like you said if you don't know the connections it's not as easy um just googling where can i have a bag made right like it often it it often does come from from everything i've heard like with people who say this like 95 percent of the time it's you have to like it's a connection somebody plugs you into their um, you know, manufacturers or their connects, which just goes to show something I'm a big believer in is just the power of networking, right? Meet people, ask questions. It helps so much in everything from like an entrepreneurial standpoint. Networking and, and um, really just like not giving up, which is like a big thing for us uh, in this entire journey. And like, even when we made that connection, it was we had no idea. We were like, I don't know, let's just, well, let's try going to this expo. Maybe we'll meet someone. There's a couple factories on like the baseline floor. We talked to them. None of them were able to do it, but it's, we had emailed peak design a few times and chatted with them. And so then when they were there and we met them in person for the first time, and that ultimately led to, you know, eventually getting connected, but it, it was luck, but it was also like grit in not giving up and trying willing to willingness to try everything and anything to get there. Like, who knows? We have no idea if anything will come out of this. And then that moment was how we found our factory. Yeah, amazing. Um, you mentioned marketing is is a big focus now and obviously me being a marketing guy. Um, so what's the marketing approach? What are you currently doing? What's working? What's not working? What has been kind of your uh, your approach to marketing in terms of getting you from where you were to, to kind of where you are now? Yeah, we started it with Facebook ads, uh, at our very first pre-sale. Uh, um, and we've just kind of continued ramping that up. Um, we have a few other things going, but ads on Facebook and Instagram are our, our biggest marketing expense. It's our biggest lever. It's the biggest thing that we do. It works pretty well for us. We have a positive uh, return or MER, however you want to look at that. Um, it does well. We generally have like a three-ish uh, okay. MER and we are um, first order profitable. And so that helps even at that, um, even at that MER. And the thing about that is our bag right now, we have a backpack and we have a duffel um, and we just launched the backpack and we do have some overlap there where people want both, but oftentimes people just want one. So we've had to look at it in terms of lifetime value has up until now pretty much been equal to um, average order value. So we have to be first order profitable. We can't say, oh, this person's going to buy five pairs of glasses over the next two years and we'll make money on the back end. It's like, no, we have no idea if we'll make money from them again. I mean, hopefully we grow and build more products and, and you know, the plan that we're kind of on now, but like at the time it was like, oh, we have to make money. We can't take a loss. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and on that note, and me and, me and you actually had a chat about this, didn't we, two or three weeks ago? Product development is such an interesting thing because we just heard 
how long and how hard it was to get kind of the initial product that you were satisfied with. And, you know, I think with, with Haven, it's, you do a really good job of it, it's quality, right? Like it has to be quality. How are you thinking about product development moving forward? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of hard because at this point we have, um, anyone and everyone who wants the bag. So something that has like given us a lot of vision for the future is when someone buys a bag, um, usually the response we get is like, this is awesome. I'm so stoked to take it to the gym and organize my gym life. By the way, have you thought about making a bag for X? And X is like what other, any other hobby that that person is involved in. And at this point we've heard everything. We have someone in Australia who had someone ship them a bag for his skydiving gear. And I was like, that's a new one. That's the only time I've heard that, but I was like, that's wild. Um, but it kind of just goes to the, to the idea that like people want to be organized. And as we look at growing from where we're at now with four SKUs, we have two sizes of the duffel. We have two sizes of the backpack, large and small. We we call everything that like, it's a large backpack. It's a small backpack, no fancy names. Like let's clear as kind here. Um, and as we look at going beyond this, there's a couple of ways that we think about it. One is it's a high price product. The, both the larges are $300 and then slightly less for the duffel and the smaller backpack. And so we want to find a way to get, um, people into our funnel, into our ecosystem at a lower price point. Cause what we usually find is, you know, like you mentioned, it's a well-designed product. It's super high quality. We use the best materials we could find. That's also partly why it's so expensive is it actually costs us a ton of money to make. And, um, in that is, is like product marketing, the fact that it's a high quality product and people resonate with it and they're really happy. And so usually when they get it, they feel it, they touch it, they see it in real life, they're, they're sold on the dot. And so having a high priced product, $300, people might not be quite sold online. So if we can, this is the thesis, if, if we can get them a hundred dollar product, like maybe a sling bag or a fanny pack and they get it and they're like, oh, Haven makes high quality products. Now I'm ready to go spend $300 on one of those big bags at some point. So that's something that we're looking at this year. And then beyond that is, uh, expanding into other sports and kind of figuring out like, what's the right sport to expand into. I think, yeah, we were talking about that where it's like boxing, MMA, big opportunity there, um, already have a bunch of fighters that really like it and separating out their gloves, their tape, their sweaty gear, their shoes and all of that stuff. And so there's a couple areas where we could expand just by marketing to those groups. And then there's a couple areas that we can expand by actually building a product. So while it, the bag could work for any athlete in any sport in the gym scenario, when you look at a tennis player wanting a tennis bag specifically, it doesn't fit a racket. And so those are some of those like, okay, when is the right time to actually consider making like a racket focused organized tennis bag to expand into that market? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And you kind of mentioned on the marketing side, and then I'm thinking that through with what you're saying about product focus. So, you know, it's fair to say, or is it fair to say, right? You're into CrossFit, into the gym. Haven is very synonymous in some ways, right? With that CrossFit kind of community. So has, has that been the basis for most of your marketing? Have you partnered with CrossFit athletes? Is that what you're running in your advertising? Um, how how have you combined the two? Yeah, for sure. Because I'm a CrossFitter and and shortly after that initial moment in the gym back in like 2016, 2017, 
Um, I switched over to CrossFit and then I started getting more gear and now I have a boatload of CrossFit gear and I'm like, this is normal. Like CrossFitters buy often buy a lot of gear because we do a lot of, you know, from gymnastics to Olympic lifting to, um, everything else in the gym. Uh, it's nice to have gear to support what you're doing, whether that's recovery or performance. And so because of that, that's kind of how we designed the product, uh, which we, someone asked this question the other day and I was like, oh, that's kind of unique. I guess a lot of people outsourced design. And I was like, no, like we designed it like pen and paper. We have drawings of us putting it together, uh, both the backpack and the duffel. Cause we're like, what makes sense? Like what gear do we have? How do we want it to be stored? Um, and then tried iterations of that and then samples and all that kind of stuff. But, um, because of that CrossFit focus, uh, that's where we've stayed, uh, with our marketing, with photography, with, um, uh, advertisements, uh, we, you can't say the word CrossFit cause it's uh, trademarked and they will send you a letter asking you not to say it. If you're plastering it ever like for CrossFit, unless you're an official partner. Um, but you know, you can stick pictures of people in a CrossFit gym and the, uh, the implication is there, um, and people get it. And I think that also, um, kind of aligns a bit too with a lot of other athletes because even if you're in a crossfit gym and you're showing someone doing like an olympic move like a clean and jerk a lot of athletes also train very similarly where they're doing olympic lifting powerful barbell moves like all football players do clean and jerks and squats and stuff like that um, and then also like the high intensity component of crossfit has a nice crossover as well because again a lot of athletes will do high intensity forms of sprint workouts or just like quick short bits or just really intense athletics yeah 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 that makes sense I, i've got a completely random question i'm not a crossfitter at all <laughs> although i will say i i do circuit training when it comes to weights which is kind of crossfitty but i do proper pull-ups though a little bit i don't okay. do these silly kipping pull-ups <laughs> I've got I've got the back strength for it. <laughs> yeah. What is yeah. A, what is a wad? Uh workout of the day. Okay. I th okay. There's there's yeah. a whole language that goes with CrossFit. There um, is. I, I, yeah. I a couple of friends who like post their workouts. I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to get together and we can do a CrossFit workout and then you can come boxing with me. Um, yeah, yeah, that would be great. I would, I would love to. <laughs> at a different time, it's in. It could, you know, I'm, I'm, re I'm always really fascinated by this because, you know, the way, the way, you know, the brand's origins. But it, undoubtedly, and you've already mentioned, you're thinking about it. Okay, well, you know, there's a CrossFit piece, which is a huge. But how do we replicate our success into other verticals of sports, right? And um, it's like a common thing with brands that we work with and I talk to all the time is, you know having a really solid understanding of who your consumer is, but then not also having such a broad, well, it's just everyone, right? Like I, th I, I think of like, you know, a fashion brand. Well, everyone wears clothes. So everyone's our potential consumer. Well, not really. Or like a food brand, a food brand. Well, everyone eats. So everyone is being like really specific. Well, who are the core consumer kind of demographics or avatars? And then what we've seen be really successful, which I think you've got a huge opportunity to replicate, not to dictate what your strategies would be because you're doing a great job, but then real specific creative landing page environments around it. I always come back to this example of a, of a, um, 
a workout machine brand that we worked with. It was a $2,000 workout machine. And, you know, prior to working with us, it was just like, here's the machine, right? But what we really broke down is we were like, well, it could be used by like the older generation because it's low impact. It's one of these vertical climbers. That's really good because if you're like, you know, 55, 60 plus, maybe, you know, you want that low impact cardio. Um, so it's like, there's one real opportunity. There's also, you know, high intensity athletes, right? And then there's the busy professional because you can have it at your house, 15 minutes. So you've got these three very different consumers who care about different things that dictates your creative positioning, your landing page positioning versus just thinking, well, here's our product. Here's all the cool features everybody like here you go try and scoop up anybody um and that was a real unlock for them in terms of performance and you know you started in this crossfit community and it's been very specific to them like I, I like the way you're thinking about it in terms of like okay well what's the next next best where the bag can fit that market and then the specificity of like aligning with people and and i'm sure you you know creative and landing page approach would be customized accordingly yeah uh, uh, so what's the question in there? I, there's no question in there. I was okay, just, it was just, I, I was, was like, just I don't know how to answer this. I was like, that's all right, man. No. You're, you're spot no. on. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Peck, edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. Um, I was just reinforcing. <laughs> yeah. Just reinforcing. No, it's something we're actually, there, we might be able to make this a, a bit here. Like it's something that we're actually working through right now. It was like, I, you know, coming from the tech space, like there, it's always uh, super focused, like riches and niches. And then like, don't be everything to everyone. Cause then you're nothing to no one. Right. Um, and so that's why we are like, we should pick something. And that CrossFit made a lot of sense. Um, and then seeing all these other companies that really built, you know, huge companies off the baseline of CrossFit, because it's a, it's a very passionate audience and they don't take bullshit. Like you can't just be like, we're going to start advertising the CrossFit. They're like, who the fuck is this? Get the fuck out. We didn't invite you. Like they're an intense group of people. Uh, so it has to be like an organic thing where you're like, I am a part of this. I'm doing this. I'm showing up regularly. I'm not just trying to make a buck on you. Yeah. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Okay. This is an actual question. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was great. <laughs> um, I asked this of everyone who comes on, um, you know, you started 2017. So yeah. DTC became a business model, right? Like our business model is DTC, whereas I think there's been a big shift and I see it all the time, um, you know, in terms of like, it's a channel, not a business model. I think for, especially for different verticals, right? Like CPG, I think you have to be able to play in retail and Amazon and stuff like this. Um, I think DTC is often an easy, like I say easier knowing how hard it is still is, but it's a lower barrier to entry way of launching a brand, albeit harder now than it was five years ago. Um, do you think, do you see Haven being a DTC brand exclusively? Or are you thinking at some point in the future, it becomes more of an omnichannel brand where you are in physical locations and, and stuff like that? Yeah, definitely omnichannel. Um, I agree, like it, it definitely was a little bit easier and in you know 2017 give or take or maybe even like 2010 to start something that was more just dtc um and it's still like a lower in in my mind it still feels like a lower barrier to entry than like trying to like find your way into retail which 
we're just starting to like tip our toe in there. And it's the same thing where it's like, we know nothing and we're trying to figure it out and like scale up super fast and be like, what do we need? Who do we talk to? How do we make this work? But also like, it, I think it depends a bit on your product and like how much it catches. And early on was kind of difficult to explain our product to a lot of people. Like we kind of got questions like well, organized gym bag. Okay, man, like good luck with that. And I'm like, no, there's something here. You're like, so, and now it's like, okay, yeah, we sold like a million dollars last year. Like, do you believe now what we're doing? Like, look at the people who are resonating, look at the 6,000 customers, look at what's happening. And it makes a lot more sense now. And I feel like we have a little bit more of a platform to go into retail and say like, also CrossFit focus, I think is now it's a lot more popular, but especially like, you know, six years ago, it's like, you can't really go to a retail and be like CrossFit focus, Tia Claire Toomey and Matt Fraser. And they're like, who? Um, and it's more popular now, but also we have these athletes and all these other sports where I can say like John Weeks of the Houston Texans and we've got the LA pitcher for the LA Dodgers. We've got their running back at the Seahawks and we've got, you know, whoever, whatever, like this whole list of athletes where they have our bag, they love our bag. We could easily reach out to them and be like, Hey, would you be interested in doing like some type of photo shoot or promotional thing? And then take that into retail and be like, look, this isn't this is kind of like, uh, it's an interesting question along with the product and the focus and everything. Cause I think we might be at that point where it's time to start expanding beyond CrossFit and say like, yeah, this is CrossFit's our core. That's really how we designed it and made it. But what we're finding is every athlete, every kind of serious high performance athlete, professional athlete, whatever kind of bucket you want to put them in, they see it and they get it because often they're looking for that 1% improvement, focus, clarity, structure, efficiency, whatever it is, uh, and it resonates. And so I think that's kind of the angle that we take this into retail with is like, look, your favorite football player, your favorite baseball player, your favorite soccer player, whoever it is, loves this bag to work out in, even though it might not be a very uh, sport-specific bag, it still works for a lot of those. That's kind of a little bit about how we're thinking about moving into omni-channel i don't know if that's fully correct because we haven't done it yet like i have a literally the first conversation next week with like a sales company but um it seems to be the the unlock from other brands friends i have that are running you know 10 to 50 million dollar companies that have a retail presence it seems to be like the next step to kind of start unlocking that yeah makes sense makes sense are you uh are you building in public i know you post on twitter are you on linkedin are you are you, uh, are you building your personal brand um, and building a public around Haven? Um, yeah, I would say at least to a certain extent, I don't, I publish like, you know what, that's why I'm fine saying like what we've done in sales and like some of our strategies, some of it as we grow, I'm starting to keep a little bit more close to the chest, but in general, I'm pretty open about it. I haven't posted on LinkedIn as much as I have on Twitter and I found like a really just great and supportive community on Twitter, which is like one of the biggest reasons, in my opinion, to post there. Like we've found investors, we've found friends, we've found partnerships through posting on Twitter. And I mean, I think it's like the oldest form of marketing, right? Is like storytelling. And if you're building in public, you're storytelling. You're like, hey, like I'm a dude building this company and we're trying to figure it out. And sometimes I need help. And sometimes I'm celebrating wins and this is what we're doing and getting people to kind of rally around that has been really cool and really like, um, validating. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's so, I mean, I, I, I kind of know because I follow you on Twitter. Um, yeah, I don't see you on LinkedIn. I'm more, I'm more on LinkedIn. I think it's different brand side, service side, 
services on on LinkedIn is better than Twitter. But um, you know, like I, I think it's really good that you know, and you mentioned all the upsides of because people will get behind it, not just the brand and the product, but you as a founder. Do you see what I mean? Like going through going through these steps. So I think that's really cool, um, dude. Uh, I'm trying to keep these bite-sized, although I'm realizing with everyone I talk to, I could go on for an hour and a half. Um, so I really Maybe appreciate you your time. Maybe it's into like two bite-sized, like part one, part two. Part two gets released in like six months. <laughs> Appetizer and uh, and main yeah. course or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but really appreciate you coming on. Like I said, it's been great to meet you over these last couple of months <laughs> and just kind of follow the journey. And I think you've got a great product. Um, love the way you're kind of thinking through things as well. Let's let's end on on one thing. What are you most excited about in 2023? Holy cow! What am I most excited about? So whenever someone asks me something like, "What's your favorite?" I have this generic line. And I say, "I don't pick favorites. I pick groups of things that I like." Um, but 2023 for me, uh, it just feels like our year. Like we had a banner year last year. We grew five times. We're ramping up this year. We've got a new product. Whether we end up um, solidifying this big partnership we're working on or not. Um, there's so many opportunities in front of us as we're gaining steam, as we're like kind of building off of this foundation from the last couple of years of all of the work that we've put into it and connections. And it just, like, I just have this feeling in my soul of like, it's like, now is the time. And it's like, it's starting to happen. And like the, some of these dominoes are tipping and like fundraising and connection and partnerships and product growth and people we're working with and the support that we're getting which just like regularly feels like kind of wild and I'll like look around and be like why do all of these people like believe in us and believe in me and and it feels really cool so like I don't know if that's like one thing or a lot of things but in general it's like this kind of vibe of like man there's momentum yeah that would be a really great way to put that awesome awesome thank you so much bro appreciate your time yeah I appreciate you too